Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast, Empowering Female Leaders, for women who want to thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. I am pleased to welcome today Jess Salamanca, who is a powerhouse. She's a six-figure serial entrepreneur on a mission to help female founders make waves in their industries. She is based in the UK, where she currently runs Moxie Club, delivering strategic coaching, training, and events for women. In the past, she's also founded healthy ice cream business Banana Scoops, stocked in Ocado and Planet Organic, as well as Go Kickstart, supporting small businesses to access government grants through the Kickstart scheme in the UK. She's also received amazing press features, including the Metro, Sheerlux, U Magazine, Daily Mail, and more. Jess, do you want to add a few words about yourself? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I mean, that bio says a lot about me, but yeah, for those that don't know me, I'm Jess, I'm Spanish, but I'm in the UK, been here for 10 years. I think you mentioned I'm 27 and yeah, I started my entrepreneurial journey four years ago, I think, which has been really, really fun. But yeah, since then, I started three different businesses, as you mentioned, very kindly mentioned. Um, yeah, I've, I've been loving it. So I'm very happy to be here in the podcast and potentially share some tips. That's great, Jess. It's lovely to have you here. You're 27 years old, so that is very young, at least from my perspective. And you have already started three different businesses. Where do you get that idea, that energy, that courage from? Well, I feel like once you start your first business, it's a bit like ripping off the band-aid. But it's just easy to start other ones because you know what it's like. You know that it's not that hard. You know that... Um, you can do it. It's just like doing something different, but it's the same kind of process, same mindset that you need, the same processes and all of that. So I, yeah, I feel like once you start your first one, I just keep getting new ideas. I have new ideas for new businesses every day or not every day, but like every month. So yeah, for me, it's all about, um, and, and even on the topic of productivity, to me, it's all about choosing the right one and finding work-life balance. And I'm very close to my why and my purpose and I make sure that everything that I'm doing is related to that so I'm getting the most out of it personally and um, and I think like that's where the the energy the motivation all of that comes from is from doing stuff that actually matters to you what is your why and your purpose do you want to share it yeah well, I mean <sighs> It's hard. Um, it's hard to explain. I feel like a lot of it is just the feeling, but to me, it's about helping other people. I guess there's there's a, a number of whys, obviously, but um, I think helping other people, and that's why I started Moxie Club, trying to help female founders make waves in their industries. Yeah, I know just working one-on-one -on -one with people, getting to know them personally. And I think that's why service-based business like goes like works really well for me because I have that human interaction. I'm very much an extrovert. So I think, yeah, when it comes to your why, your purpose, to me, it's all about these little things of like working one-on-one -on -one with people, having an impact, being an extrovert and being out there rather than being in front of my laptop all day long and not interacting with people, building relationships. That's what really drives me. And then, of course, on the other side of the coin, there's also financial stability and freedom, financial freedom. There's autonomy, being able to do 
you know, work on projects that I want and being able to have that autonomy into my day to day. That obviously is a big thing for me as well. Was it never in question for you to work for a company as an employee? I have worked for companies as an employee. I grew up with my parents running a restaurant. So they, they were the owners, but they also worked on it like, you know, 16 hour days very, very often. And our house used to be literally on top of the restaurant in Spain. So I grew up in the restaurant. I was helping out at the restaurant from a very young age as, as much as I could or as little as I could. And I feel like I always knew I wanted to do my own thing. So I came to uni here in the UK and studied business management. And then I did start working with startups, which I did love. But I knew that starting my own business was on the car. So it would happen sooner or later. Yeah, it's great to see that. I've seen many entrepreneurs, actually, who have entrepreneurial parents, for example, who had role models in a certain way. And for them, it was always a possibility, at least, to become mm -hmm. their own boss. For many people who are in the corporate world, that's not that easy because it feels like a great risk, especially when you are already for 10, 20 or even 30 years in the corporate world. You have your steady salary. You're maybe not happy, but still, wow, it's a big leap to go out there and to create something. Was there any barrier that you had to overcome when you made that first step out of a salary, basically? Yeah, so many. It's, it's so uh, nerve-wracking. As you say, you have that financial stability of you're getting your paycheck every single month. You know more or less what's coming. I mean, if you have a bonus scheme, you might it might change, but more or less, you know what's coming. You know that your bills and your rent or mortgage is covered. And then you move on to entrepreneurship where it's you know, the sky's the limit in a way. You can make a lot more money, but you can also make zero money. And for a lot of founders, they don't take a salary just yet or they take a very, very small salary. So yeah, from a financial point of view, it is scary. So I do recommend when I'm doing any kind of like coaching clients or just speaking to people to have somewhat of a buffer of like having some savings in there that you can rely on. And I was really lucky that I managed to go from a full-time job to part-time And basically on a freelance basis, and it has changed throughout the time, but basically had some money coming in guaranteed, but also having that flexibility to work on my business. Because when you go freelance, the game changes completely. You can decide your hours and how much you work. You can change month to month. And that was really good for me. I really do recommend other people to do that. So it's not just jumping straight in unless, you know, some people come from the corporate world and they have hundreds of thousands of pounds saved in their bank accounts and they've paid off their mortgage so then maybe it's easier but if you're still having to pay those monthly payments then yeah having that part-time job for me made a lot of sense in terms of yeah having a little bit of stability whilst I was getting my business up and running. When I started my business, basically, I didn't do that. So I really jumped right in. It was also because of the possibilities at that very moment and all of that. But I fully agree. If I had to do it again, I think I would also go and try to have a smaller steady income, some time to shape my business. And especially what I would do differently is I wasn't really clear about my positioning and my true goal and what exactly I want to shape. I had just a rough idea. And it took me much more time to find that concrete idea. And I think this is the time where it's good if you still have a salary coming yeah. in, something coming in, because in, during that time, nothing's coming in logically, because you're not clear really what you want to offer, what your offer is, what your products are. It's so normal that that happens. I like to call it the either the play stage or the exploration stage of your business. Like realistically, you're not going to start a business and hit on product market fit from the very start. Like you're going to have to adapt. You're going to have to reinvent yourself. You're going to have to listen to customer feedback. So there's going to be probably 
a few months, a year, maybe even years, multiple years, like five years, where you're still playing around with the idea and finding the product market fit that's going to really make an impact and really take off. And it depends on what type of business you have. But with my first business with Banana Scoops, we did get into a retail listing, like a quite a big retail listing in a corridor really quickly. But even so, we still had to adapt. We still had to change. We had to refine the recipe, refine the packaging, refine our marketing all the time. So during that time where you're still figuring things out, and I think that's just normal. I don't think many people have the perfect product market fit from the start, then it's it's really good to have that little bit of income coming in whilst you're playing and you, and you have the money to reinvest in the business rather than having to take it all to yourself to pay rent, which I know some people have to do. But if you can keep the money in the business and reinvest and, and adapt that way, then that's really helpful. How important is it to have very clear goals? I think it's very important, but I also think it's important to be flexible with them. So it's a bit of a vague answer there, but I love goal setting. I think it's the most important thing that you can do for your business because if you're not really focused and if you're not really sure of what you're doing and what you're aiming for, and then you can spend days just faffing around or working on the activities that aren't necessarily going to move the needle forward for your business. So it's definitely the one thing that I recommend to everyone is just spend, it doesn't have to take long, like spend an hour, get a bunch of post-it notes, write all the ideas, and then start working on them and give them different timelines. Like what's a short-term idea? What's a medium-term idea? What's something that you're going to do in a few years' time that you want to know where you're going, but you want to be, I think when you're starting a business or growing a business, you need to be laser-focused. You need to be super, super aware of what you're working for and making sure that every day you're moving that needle forward instead of just working on activities that, aren't really working towards that goal because you're going to spread yourself too thinly. And I think this is something what many people do when they self-sabotage themselves <laughs> because, because then it's one of these days where you do not really do anything that is moving the needle forward, like you say, because you're afraid of moving the needle forward because you're afraid of if I move it forward, I will learn if it works or if it's not working. And if it's not working, so I'm afraid of failure. And this is a mechanism that I have observed with myself in the beginning quite a lot. I had really too had to overcome this kind of, yeah, how to say productive procrastination where you do a lot of other things but not the right ones do you experience this sometimes yeah i mean i like to ask my clients like look at your to-do list for today look at what you've done not not what you were meant to do look at what you've actually done and how you spent your time are those activities actually going to move the needle forward and what percentage of those activities are moving the needle forward versus what percentage are just activities that, you know, you're randomly scrolling on Instagram and doing research or you got excited about a new project and you start looking into that. But I think as entrepreneurs, we sometimes get a little bit too excited and a little bit too carried away. And it's that difference between are you a like an ideas person and you're going to come up with loads of different dreams and ideas or are you more of a doer and you're going to get those in place and you're going to like actually take action and unless you have a co-founder and one of you can afford to be the dreamer and one of you can be the doer if it's just yourself which is most of the time you have to be both and I think we have tendencies to either be one or the other and finding out what that tendency is being aware and then consciously putting the time to be the other person or the other role 
makes a lot of difference because yeah I do this all the time I'll have days where I look at my list and I'm like what have I actually done today I have no clue like I've been busy I've been in front of my laptop all day it's not like I've been watching Netflix but what have I actually done and then on those days I actually think I would have been better off just watching Netflix and getting that out of the way and having a chill day than actually being in front of my laptop and not accomplishing anything because I'm tired because I feel like I've done work, but I haven't moved the needle forward. So I might as well just gone to the beach kind of thing. Like, you know, it wasn't productive in that respect. Yeah, I understand that. Since I'm on my own uh, as well, I realized that a day where you do nothing, you know, like saying go to the beach, watch Netflix, do whatever you want to do, basically, feels I feel guilty. It's like, oh, I should have done something. Because as you say, if you're a solo entrepreneur, especially, the needle does not move forward an inch if you do not work on it. <laughs> And this is and this is why it feels so I have to do something, something. And then when you're not productive. So I understand you are rather a dreamer or creative person as well. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm a bit of a dreamer. I do have to force myself a little bit more to actually get stuff done. Like I love getting the stuff done, but I think it's easy to get distracted with new ideas and new concepts and like, oh, what if I do this? And then you spend a little bit too long thinking about that instead of getting the stuff in your goals done. And I think this is true also for people who work in the corporate world, because they're in similar situations at the end. You also do stuff during the day where it's just kind of occupying you because it's on your list and because it's all of this nitty gritty stuff that you have to do. But on the other side, thinking really about what is important to move my needle forward, be it as an entrepreneur or be it as a, in a corporation, is important to set your priorities right, to do the things that actually move you towards your goal. And in the corporate world, there can be midterm goals as well, an exposition which you want to achieve. And what you're spending your day with determines definitely over time if you go into the right direction or if you're just like zigzagging around something without ever reaching a, a yeah. destination, basically. And and also like this applies to everyone because this applies to our personal lives as well. I, I mean, I'm not really good at this and I think many most people aren't good at this actually setting goals for our personal lives as much as I think we're, we're all used to writing a to-do list for work aren't we like that's quite a normal thing whether you're studying you're at work have your own business whatever it is a to-do list is quite a standard thing but we barely ever get to think about what do we want to do personally whether that's for like personal growth or from a health point of view or from a adventure point of view of like I want to live life to the fullest I want to have more adventures and I want to discover the world and taste new things and try new things and we're not really good at setting goals like that we're very functional of like right you might have a home renovation you might set goals for that which is great but in terms of like growing ourselves as people and living our fullest lives which it should be the goal for everyone really like no matter what you do we're not good at setting those goals. So I think for me, productivity is almost like blending your entire life together and making sure that you're actually achieving what you want to achieve in life, not just in business or in work or in health, just everything. Like, how do you want to live your life? Let's now come to a topic that I think is a big question for many, many people, no matter what they're doing. And that's about the sheer volume of things that we have to handle every single day and this feeling of overwhelm that many of us you know, have in their role and where we feel like the victim of it in a certain way because we cannot escape it and we have a feeling there's always more dumped on us and you can't handle it anymore. Do you have that feeling from time to time and how do you handle it? 
God, yes. Oh, like not all the time, but like, yeah, from time to time, that feeling of overwhelm does come through. And it's almost like it's, it's a little bit paralyzing, isn't it? Because you're so overwhelmed because there's so much to do that you're like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what to focus on, what to look at. You almost like want to shut your laptop, put everything away and crawl into bed and ignore that it, anything is happening. And I mean, to be fair, that's probably like the worst thing you can do because like by ignoring it, it's not like it's going to go away. But my advice is always to take a break. So no matter whether you have your business, corporate, you're doing this for personal life, like take a little break, whether that's going for a 30 minute walk just outside your home, whether that's taking the weekend off and traveling somewhere, whatever it is, it can really range from a 30 minute break to a, a weekend break, or it might be that you need, you know, a month break. Like it depends on, on where you are in your life and how overwhelmed you are. But I always say, take a little break. Like I know it sounds counterintuitive when you have a lot to do to then take a a little bit of a break but if you're in that kind of like overwhelmed state and you're paralyzed your brain isn't working how it should be working like taking that break can make such a big difference really like come back to your senses feel a bit more grounded again feel a little bit more in control because I think being overwhelmed is basically means like it's that feeling of being out of control of there's so much to do I'm not going to be able to do it it's it's too much to handle it's all out of my control kind of thing so taking a break even as it sounds counterintuitive can make a big difference and then when you do come back when you do feel ready when you're in a bit of a mindset that you can come back then set goals so don't dive straight into it because again that's just going to overwhelm you a bit more just set some goals list everything that you need to do see where your time is being spent and then see what the priorities are so set some goals like which which is going to help me the most whether that's for you personally or work or mixture of everything what's going to have the biggest impact what's a low-hanging fruit what can I do like maybe in 20 minutes I had is going to have a big impact and then setting those goals and then being ruthless at prioritization I say this over and over again but as yes we, we just need to be ruthless at prioritizing and being really strict to what we say yes to and what we say no to and then just doing that building a bit of a plan and then tackling it baby steps little by little one by one don't try and do everything at the same time. Look at your list of like, right, what's the top thing that I need to do? Well, I'm going to do that one first. And I'm not even going to look at the rest of the list until I've done that one. And then once you've done the first one, you move on to the second one and the third one. But if you just think you have to do everything all at once, it's just not going to work. You're going to make yourself overwhelmed again. So that's why I say like build a list, prioritize it you know, number it, what's the number one priority, second, third, fourth priority, and then work on that in that way. It's about having the courage also to have some gaps, which you do yeah. not, topics which you will not address or which you will address potentially too late. Um, yeah. So it's it's really about prioritizing correctly. But coming back to the break, I think this is a really good thing to do. And as you say, it's counterintuitive. But our brain is made in a way that when we are overwhelmed, we feel fear. It's an anxiety yeah. that creates fear. And we and when we have fear in our in our mind, our brain is not working anymore. It sends everything into the panic mode. Yeah. <laughs> you can't think straight, literally, which means you're just totally unproductive throughout the whole day, which makes it worse because the overwhelm just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger if you're not just stepping out 
stepping back and getting a bit of order into your brain and calm it down as well. So I think having a walk, for example, more systematically, even for people every day who have a very stressful day where they say, I have no time for a walk. Well, take the time for that walk whenever it is, because it really makes sense and it will really help you to have a day that is much smoother than a day where yeah. you take no time for yourself, basically. Yeah, I've had those days where it, everything was a little bit too much. And then I just went to the gym, went for a run, like a 30-minute run on the treadmill. And I came back, I was like, okay, this feels more manageable. Like, it still is a lot to do. But as you say, you get rid of that fear. Um, physical exercise is great to get rid of that energy because overwhelm can sometimes be like just a lot of energy in your body. And I was like... um. And like a pressure valve trying to escape, like there's too much going on. So then physical exercise can make a big difference just to let go of some of that, come back to in a more calm state. Even if you're physically exhausted, that might help. And then, yeah, letting go of those fears. Hmm. You are doing a lot of things, different things. So, I mean, three different businesses require quite a lot of attention in different ways. And I guess it's quite hard to set these priorities and to plan your day and to plan your goals and, and to keep your head above water, actually, <laughs> so that you're not overwhelmed. What exactly are you doing every day? I mean, you said it already, you go for a run, but how do you structure and how do you balance this all out between your three businesses? Yeah, well, luckily, so I no longer have the three businesses. So one of my goals for 2022 is I went into 2022 with three businesses. I was like, well, this is way too much. Like it's, it's great. I love the variety, but it's, it's way too much. So one of my goals for this year was to narrow it down to only one business, which is Moxie Club, which is brilliant. And I love it. And that's definitely by far the one that I love the most. So, but yeah, there were times where I was running three businesses and luckily I did have a team. So it wasn't just all on me, but having a team, I loved having a team. It was great to work with people, but you don't realize how much more work there is just to manage a team. So whilst you might be hiring someone and say, great, I can hand all of that over. You don't realize that there's also quite a big workload coming your way just by the fact that you have an employee and you have to manage them and you have to, especially at the beginning, train them, set goals and review their work. So I, yeah, my solution to that was like, right, I'll hire a team and that will help. But then I didn't quite realize that that actually demands quite a lot of energy and, you know, because it's a human, it's a person there that you're working with. So it's not like a machine that you can say, right, do this, bye. And like you, you have to have chats with them and you have to coach them and you have to help them through like their career as well. So that's something I didn't quite realize, but having a team definitely helps just like a pinch of salt, like bear in mind that there's going to be extra work added to that. But then on a day-to-day -day basis, I knew what the goals are for the three businesses. So for banana scoops was how can we make the ice cream tastier and how can we get it sold in more places to be able to reach new people? For Go Kickstart Scheme, where we helped small businesses access grants, was basically how can we get more people to access the grants? And then uh, how can we make sure that they, the people that we already had were having the best experience possible? And then with Moxie Club was how can we reach new people? So it was very clear. And even though those seemed quite broad, just by having one goal per business, you actually do realize how much stuff you can take away and how many layers of work you can actually say no to. Because there's always more like, with banana scoops, I could have been like, great, let's launch new products, which would have been amazing. But actually, that was not part of our goal. Our goal was to kind of like establish what we already had. So then there were things like that that I could be like, great, 
launching new flavors would have been really exciting. And it's always fun because you get to taste new flavors and it, you know, it's a fun part of the job, but that's not the priority for now. So I kind of like push those aside. So yeah, to me, it was very, being very, very clear about what I wanted to achieve. How could I delegate some of those tasks or goals? And then just working smart instead of hard. Working smart to me is the most important thing. It's not about what you're inputting in terms of the number of hours. I don't care how many hours you're doing. It's more about the output. What are you producing? And if you can produce that in fewer hours, then great. Do that. Don't just stare at your laptop for the sake of it. I think everybody would love to do that. Working eight hours instead of 16 or achieving yeah. in the eight hours when you're working eight hours, really something that moves your needle forward to use that yeah. expression again. When you say working smart, what exactly do you mean? It is quite broad and it does mean things like, do not, as we said earlier, do not spend your time productively procrastinating because again, that's just not going to move the needle forward. Being super, super clear about what your goals are and making sure you're sticking to those. In a multitasking in a scientific way is awful because I do say that by changing tasks, your brain loses, I think like 12 minutes or something like that. That's how long it takes your brain to kind of like get used to the new tasks that you're doing. But things like I don't know, if you're on the bus, like I've been doing this a lot recently. I've been on the bus and I'm there for 20 minutes. Like use that time, be productive with that time, like work smarter, not harder. If you're going on a walk because you want to get daily exercise, well, can you take one of your work meetings or calls during that time? So then you're doing like you're killing two birds with one stone kind of thing. So it's a load of things like that. And then something that has really, really helped me as well is something that I call working intuitively. So it's basically the idea of not listening to what the world says, how you should work and when you should work and where you should work. So we've all been told nine to five is when you should be working. We've all been told many times, don't take a nap, that's for lazy people or don't work tight against deadlines, like, you know, prepare in advance and things like that. Whereas actually, I think you should be listening to your body and when and where are you more likely to be productive. So for me, evenings, I'm actually really productive in the evenings. I'm not a morning person. So there will be days where I wake up, get on my, you know, front of my laptop at 9am. And actually from 9 to 10am, I haven't really achieved much because I've just been faffing. So my brain's not fully on it yet like I've just been looking at my emails and checking social media and maybe I've done a little few bits and pieces but I haven't really been that productive in that hour whereas that same hour if I do it I don't know maybe 8 till 9 p.m when there's no emails no one's calling me no one requires me I get so much more work done in that hour than I do in the same 9 till 10 so for me that's very important it's listening to your body and when are you more naturally productive for me another thing for example is working in the same place Monday to Friday I find that really boring like I lose productivity I lose motivation if I'm always at the same place so I try going to co-working spaces I try going to coffee shops and just add variety to my day and that makes me more likely to do more work because if not I just feel like it's groundhog day like great here I am again Ugh, I can't be bothered. My motivation starts sinking. So things like that, just by changing the time of when you work or the place of where you work or listening to music sometimes makes people more productive or having a candle on. You know, there's so many little things that you can look into that can have a big impact. Another one for me is I don't work Monday to Friday. I work Monday to Sunday, but 
I work whenever, not whenever I want to do. I do have to work at certain times, but like if I want to take a Tuesday afternoon off or finish work early, I can. And then I just do it on a Saturday morning when, you know, I would probably be watching TV anyway. So I just make sure that my days are flexible to me and listening to what my body and my mind are telling me. I think this is really great. Many people do that. And to a certain extent, intuitively, but I think there's a huge, huge majority who is not aware at all yeah. about their preferences. Obviously, if you're in the corporate world, you cannot choose your working hours very much, even a bit more these days than it was in the past, because things got far more flexible in most companies yeah. and most companies kept that way of working, which is really great, I think. Mm -hmm. But it's really making it clear to you, what do I like, basically? Where do I work? And, and as you say, even changing maybe the office or the home office where you're sitting in, in a way that you feel better about yourself, you might feel a bit more relaxed, like you say, a little candle, little things can make a difference. Yeah, well. absolutely. And I think when we're students, like if you, if anyone went to university, that's probably when you develop these habits, because no one told you, you have to study during these times. It was a lot more flexible. It's only when you enter the work world and people are like, right, you work nine till six, that's that's when people work. That's when you start getting like forcing yourself into these like routines and habits that may work for you. They may work for some people very well, but they may not work for everyone. I always tell people to think about when they were at university or high school and think about what were your natural habits? What, what did you actually used to do? Like, I remember we would have an exam. I never woke up early before an exam. I woke up at like at the time I had to wake up. I didn't wake up like four hours early to revise because that didn't work for me. I would just stay up late. So think about like the habits and the routines that you established in uni and be like, oh, what, how can I kind of like integrate a little bit of that into your day to day? Thank you for all these great tips. Time was flying by, <laughs> literally. And you said so many things. I can just wrap up the first thing again. When it came to overwhelm, it was about taking a break, then come back, setting your goals with a fresh mind, basically, and then create some baby steps to not be overwhelmed in that. And then what I really like, what we said in the last bit, which is about working smart and working more intuitively and adapting your working style to your national rhythm, strengths and habits which you might have forgotten because you were squeezed into another form but you can go back at least partly to something that fits much more your strengths and your habits that's really great thank you very much for that Jess <laughs> yeah of course yeah yeah it's, it's taken me a while to realize these things but yeah and I want everyone to know absolutely where can people know more or learn more about you and what you're doing yeah, so, uh, well, my website is moxiclub.co.uk and then obviously on Instagram, I'm very active on there. So either jess.salamanca or moxie.club. Feel free to reach out. And yeah, if anyone has any questions and feel free to DM me, I'm always happy to help. Thank you very much, Jess, and have a good time. Brilliant, thank you so much. Do you want to get free access to my ebook Top 10 Achievers Lessons? To get your free ebook. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Then send me a screenshot of your review to my email address contact at ulrikaseminati.com and I will send you your ebook straight away. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? 
let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I'm excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.